0: Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. Jessica here. How are you guys doing? Hoping that wherever you're at in the world, that you're well physically, emotionally, mentally. There's a lot of things going on and a lot of change happening, which I hope is all for the good. Let's all hold on for the ride together. Today's episode is how I learned Hindi. And this is one that I've had a lot of people ask me about a lot of people have requested that i discuss the tips and tricks that i use to be able to learn hindi which is a which is a language that not as many foreigners have learned uh, especially from in our modern age of people who come from english speaking countries or european countries or even african countries or eastern asian countries it's it's a language that Not so many people have learned in the past couple of decades. Now, if you look at people in the neighboring countries to India, a lot of people learn Hindi. You meet people from Afghanistan, who speak a little bit of Hindi-Urdu. We meet people, you know, obviously Nepal, from Bangladesh, from places where Hindi is not a primary language, but yet people are able to learn it primarily through Bollywood films and through other Indian immigrants who are living there. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm the only foreigner that's ever learned Hindi. That's certainly not true, but I just wanted to share my experiences and... Answer some questions that people have asked about that and why I'm so passionate about the Hindi language and why I think that it's one of the very important languages to learn and to preserve in our day and age. But before we get into that, of course, we are going to, as usual, take a listener question. So today's listener question is from Carrie in Washington, D.C., in the U.S. She's asked, How did India change you? How did it change you from the inside out? Were there any major shifts in your personality that took place after immersing yourself in Indian culture? I have had this in my docket for at least a year. I think this week is a great week to bring it up. Probably one of the biggest ways that India has changed me is that it forced me out of a dualistic way of thinking. And I talk about this all the time and people are probably tired of hearing me talk about this. <laughs> but as an American, I was, I was raised to think very black and white, not just my parents, but just the, the environment that I was in, the people that I was around. Uh, every question had an answer. It was right and wrong. There was truth or lie. You agree or you disagree. And that was kind of the way the world works. And I've now, after living in India and then after some other experiences that I had, there are, I mean, there are things that are, some things are very simple and black and white, but a lot of the things in the world are, Are not so simple. And part of that is just coming to age and moving beyond uh, childhood. But I think that India is the land of contrast, the land of grays, of shades of gray and colors all over the place that you didn't even know could go together (laughs) in a literal and figurative way. That has really changed my view on things. I think that now not every question has to have an answer, not everything has to be so defined and not everything has to be so categorized. I know I'm being a little bit vague there because I really do feel that this view this move from a dualistic to a multi dimensional thinking. It's a hard thing to explain and it's it's a difficult thing to wrap your mind around unless you've really experienced it. And it really does affect all parts of your life. So I'm that's probably the biggest thing that, that has changed about me after living in India since now I, I started living here in two thousand and six and it's now twenty twenty. I did have some years in between where I wasn't in India. But I was definitely involved in the Indian community and Indian culture was around me even when I was in the U.S. (laughs) So India has also changed my patience. It's changed my view of myself as a woman. I feel very much that it's my uh, my role as a helper has really grown here. I think that I feel that a lot of women here have that common role. I'm more of a person. I was raised to be a leader right and something that has really changed in me is actually learning how to follow others well having more grace for people letting things go being able to grow in those areas and for those of you that are into the Enneagram I'm an Enneagram type eight and if any of you know what that means means my type is the challenger type and an area of growth for me is actually helping others actually India has really brought that out in me and allowed me a lot of areas of growth as a woman and as somebody who kind of loves to lead and loves to push things forward and actually just being more laid back has been something that I've really learned. Another huge thing, which I think is so crucial to discuss, especially this week, is something that I go into a lot more in episode number nine, being white in India. So my view of myself racially has been something that's really changed. I mean, it's only natural if you're you've lived in a majority culture your whole life where Your people were kind of the majority all around you. I think growing up, when I was growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, we had a few Latino students, a few Arab students, very small handful of African-American students. Yeah, we had a few Indian students and I don't think anyone else. Honestly, I don't recall having anyone from Eastern Asian countries, from Southeast Asia. We didn't have any students from Africa. Um, So it was a pretty it was not a very diverse crowd that i grew up around i had really not understood really i hadn't discovered my whiteness until i came to india what did it mean i didn't really think i had a culture i was not ever someone that would be an overt racist and i wouldn't i wouldn't have classified myself as that but i was very ethnocentric and very white centric just because of the environment that i grew up in that for me was Very interesting as I came to India and was then in the minority, of course, being a minority in India, being a white person in India overall has actually a lot of advantages, some disadvantages as well, which I talk about in episode nine, but a lot of advantages. So it's not, it can't be directly compared to being an ethnic minority in the United States or even in a European country or somewhere else. There are a lot of differences. So, but just being outside of my little fishbowl really challenged me. And I, I really realized like what it actually meant to be white. What my whiteness looked like. And then at first of all, like fighting against that and then accepting it and saying, "Hey, this is my culture. This is how I grew up and I don't have to pretend to be something else, but I can try my best to see things from other people's perspective as an outsider." I think that's a huge thing that I that changed me and really helped me to be able to engage a little differently in people that were different than me in general. And then, of course, as I continued into adulthood, of course, I got married to Uppy Shake. We lived in a couple of different places and really tried to surround ourselves with people that were different from us, not just Indians, not just white Americans, but people that are really different from us so that we can learn and that we can grow and that we can all add value to each other's lives. That's another thing that I want to challenge my kids to is that not just hanging around other Indians or other white people, but try to discuss different cultures and try to learn from other people and try to understand where other people are coming from and trying to do our best as Americans and um, me being a white American to use my voice and to look at different systems that are unfair unfair in in my country and even systems here in india where people are you know bleaching their faces using these terrible whitening creams just to try and look more fair it's not necessarily to people's fault but it's just a cultural and systemic type of of view and these things need to be changed so so just in conclusion with all these things i would say that living in india has changed me in so many ways I personally feel more uncertain of many things. I feel smaller. I feel more secure in the small things of life. used to have this huge vision of what I wanted to do and change the world. And I'm focused on very small, achievable objectives. And the daily grind really does make... A huge difference, not only in your own health and those around you, but in the world that we live in. So, I think those are some of the things I have learned, and I wanted to share those. Thanks for asking these questions. Please keep sending your questions in for myself, Abhishek, and for guests that we've had on the show, and we can get in touch with them, dive into some of your questions. Our listeners, you guys ask the best questions. You're so thoughtful, you're so engaged, and I just love hearing from you guys you can of course write us on social media but you can also email us at jessica at invisible india podcast.com again that's jessica at invisible india podcast.com looking forward to hearing from you so let's get into how i learned hindi this episode is also available on YouTube. If you want to see the video version of this episode, head on over to YouTube, our YouTube channel, Invisible India Podcast, and check it out there. Namaste sabko. My name is Jessica, and today I'm going to tell you how I learned Hindi. People in our podcast ask me how you learned Hindi, so I'll talk a little bit so the first question is what was your process of learning Hindi? My process I came to India back in 2006 so that was 14 years ago, now it's 2020 and uh, I did an immersion course and I think that's the major key is immersion is really the easiest and fastest way to learn any language really but especially Hindi Hindi is a very social language. beach ke itne hindi. So I think that is a really important point to really immerse yourself as much as you can with and if you can people that don't actually speak your language or English whatever that may be. I did a an immersion course it's called OSLS and it still exists. I loved it. It worked well for me. I don't think it would work well for everyone. I'm a very extroverted person, and I learn very well from other people. So um, not really from a book. I did try a couple of language schools. I tried Landauer Language School with the very old, like, crusty book that's this big. And uh, I did gain knowledge from that, but I felt that after... It didn't help me to speak. It just helped me to sharpen my grammar. So I think that's a very... um, thing to consider is if you are an extroverted person or if you even want to really learn to speak well, I think that uh, language school like Landauer might not be the best fit. I uh, also was very focused on living with other people. I lived in a house with, at some point, there were like six of us other women staying there together, and we just would speak our main goal was to be able to to learn about India so it was um, like a student program so many of the women were actually from Latin America and uh, that was a little confusing to me because I actually originally I had learned Spanish back in my high school days in America like most people do and uh, I was getting a little confused and there is actually a term for this and uh, in in linguistics and during this time, if this language confusion that was happening, I was getting mixed up between my second language of Spanish and then what, the language I was acquiring of Hindi. So sometimes I would be like, you know, if I was supposed to say Hindi for like yes, I would be like, si, si. And then I would get so confused, you know. Um, you know, things like that. That's that's a common thing that happens when you're learning a new language is you get mixed up sometimes with your second language. So that was a fun experience for me to be in a house full of Latinas and we were all trying to learn Hindi at the same time. Second question, was there anyone that helped you or did you have, did you just do it on your own? Uh, yeah, I did have a lot of help actually. Like I said, my other roommates were very supportive and focused, we lived in a smaller city outside of the main metropolitan. We lived in Delhi, Mumbai, we lived in Chota Sa town, Haridwar. So, that was only a sound of Five hundred thousand people which in india is nothing <laughs> that's a small city so um that's a really good way to immerse yourself is focusing on being around people a lot and focusing on spending time with people that don't know your language so um, finding a supportive environment i did have a coach and i think that's important to find accountability so number two would be have accountability or a coach a cheerleader someone that can help you to learn number three uh, someone had told me that is it really true uh, on one of our podcasts I had mentioned before is it really true that you didn't speak English for several months at a time um, it is kind of true so back in 2006 when I moved to India we didn't have we didn't have smartphone we didn't have even good internet so I was very disconnected actually with my family and I was only you know in my early late mid 20s I guess at that time so um, I hardly spoke to my family for months at a time I would call like once a month on the little you know STD or ISD station I would call them and hello you know how are you guys is a good time and would speak to them that way so I was pretty isolated from my own language and that helped me to learn very quickly and uh, I also used to um, try to avoid my English-speaking friends for the first six months I was in India. And that was difficult because I was working in an office. So I um, I told myself that in the office I was going to try to speak as much Hindi as I could as bad as it was. And if I had to speak English to get work done, I would. And um, the people that spoke a lot of English with me, I kind of avoided them a little bit. So, if any of my friends are listening from that time, sorry. Hindi, English, Another thing that actually was something that I did a little bit irritatingly was I would really force people that I knew would speak Hindi to speak Hindi with me. And this might not work for everyone because um, m- many of you might have a very like nicer personality or like more like accommodating personality of like, okay, well, whatever that person wants to do, that's, that's fine. And so you have to know yourself. Are you going to be able to uh, like be more persistent with a conversation or are you just going to let it go wherever? So for me a lot of people would you know my indian friends would want to speak in english with me and i was like nay hum hindi mein baat karenge like they'd be like all right where are we going today How how is your day i'm like ha bola chata main subah uthke chai banaya aur fir uske baad maine apna nashta banaya fir uske baad thoda sa tehlene ke liye gaye office hai. so people are like yeah but i'm talk wanted to talk to you in english so i would kind of be a little forceful and there's a point where that forcefulness can stop. Once you become fluent enough in a language, then you can just speak whatever you want. But in that learning phase, you have to be very persistent and your goal should be really to learn the language more than necessarily to make friends. Another question. What is more important? Learning the grammar, pronunciation or other vocabulary? Okay. I really think that learning Hindi pronunciation is the most important. Why? Because as many people talk with you, they will not check your grammar, they will not check your vocabulary, they will not check your teacher. The first thing people are going to hear is your pronunciation. And if you have poor pronunciation, like, if you speak bolte this or you talk more like this, people will get confused. If you talk a little if you emphasis a right place, people will and So I feel that focusing on pronunciation initially is more important than the grammar, is more important than large vocabulary and how do you learn good pronunciation from learning Devnagri script from spending time with people in the region where you are so learning how do people speak jaise bihar mein <speaking> log <in> bahut karte roller coaster karte log so, you have to learn where are you, what is the pronunciation people use, the intonation, and that will help you to communicate very effectively. Are some people more naturally gifted at learning than others? Yes. So, I think that anybody can learn, but I do also think that some people are more naturally gifted. Um, Some people have to work harder at learning a language. People are different. People have different personalities and different gifts. So one of the things that I had that was going in my favor, and I've seen for a lot of other people who've learned languages, is that um, if you have musical inclinations already, that can be a big help. So one of the funny things was um, I learned violin as a child by Suzuki method, which is all by ear. And I think that really helped me, although I was a lousy violin player. You ask anyone, especially my family, they would say, thank God she quit. (laughs) But I think that just initial way of being able to listen for the finer sounds really helped me in learning a language later on. So. Another question that came: Does it matter what age you are in learning Hindi or a new language? It it really does. I think that anyone can learn. I don't think that age should be an excuse, but I do think that the younger you are, the better chances you have because your brain is more moldable. Your um, cognitive processes are softer, are are quicker in catching new things, especially. Language, and I think that um, it's definitely helpful. So, I was only 23 when I started learning, and I'm now approaching, I'm slowly approaching 40, or uh, you know, as I slowly get older, I feel my brain resist learning new things. So, for example, I was trying to um, do some Chinese with my kids and helping them to learn some. Uh, other language I figure, you know if we have English Hindi and Chinese we have a decent amount of the world covered <laughs> so uh, I think Hindi is the um, fourth largest spoken language in the world so I think it's a very important language to learn but yes it is easier to learn the younger that you are but that's not an excuse so I hope these short tips have been helpful for you in how to learn Hindi. I um, think there are so many great options out there and I want, don't want to be too prescriptive of giving a list of this, that, and the other thing. But I wanted to give the principles of how I was able to learn. How did learn Hindi? And you can also learn. If I can learn, then you can also learn. So you listen podcast our podcast. Comment, like, and I want to tell you one more One of the nicest programs that I have seen that's come out recently is by our friend who was also on episode 12, Learn Hindi Like a Pro. And you can learn more about that episode by checking out the rest of our channel or checking out our podcast links in iTunes, Google, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. So John with HindiUnlocked.com has done an excellent job of breaking down Hindi in a methodical. Kind of way. He's a programmer actually. So it's a program that's really made for people who have that very systematic approach. I would recommend checking it out. He has offered listeners of the Invisible India podcast a 10% discount on any of his courses. He has beginner, intermediate courses going on, and he also does. Uh, Devnagri script learning, which is really important if you want to focus on the pronunciation of Hindi. So um, I think that is a very important and helpful tool. So feel free to check that out. He has um, given us the code of Invisible India. So if you use the code Invisible India in any of his stuff, you can get a discount. So again, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. Please check out our other videos and you can see your thoughts in your own mind and in your own Hindi-sikh process. You can comment, कीजिये, like, and we will email Jessica at Invisible India Podcast.com. Again, Jessica at Invisible India You can connect with us there. Thank you so much. Namaste. Firminenge. Thank you guys so much for listening. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. Again, feel free to check out the video version of this episode. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for the audio versions. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and of course, as I mentioned, YouTube. So feel free to check us out wherever you prefer to get your content we're there so looking forward to hearing from you guys and again hope that you're all safe and well wherever you are in the world till next time the music for the invisible india podcast is performed by christopher halen sitar and ed henley on tabla on rag bheem palasi